HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feed Feed podcast, we will be trying to help you solve the daily question that we are all faced with, which is what's for dinner? Each week, we will be speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community who are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help us get dinner on the table every night. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Brian Ford, a.k.a. at Artisan Brian on social media. Brian is a Central American master baker, best-selling cookbook author, and TV host. He is one of the leading resources for sourdough recipes, and his cookbook was one of the major forces responsible for the sourdough baking trend last year. He's known for pulling inspiration from his Honduran heritage and New Orleans upbringing. Welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast, Brian. I'm so excited to have you here. Yo, what's good, fam? Thanks for having me. I'm I'm very excited as well. Good. So, oh my gosh, sourdough king in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that, but uh, I'm definitely here. Yeah. So, how? Why sourdough? I guess. Why? I guess. Give me a little backstory on like how this all came about, and you know, your cookbook is very focused on that. So, how is that kind of one of yeah. your main inspirations? Yeah, um, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've answered this question in a variety of different ways, and I still don't <laughs> know if I, if I really know. But uh, here's today's iteration. Yes. Um, you know, I was uh, in New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans, so I was working there for a while as a cook, uh, as a chef, um, throughout college, and I was studying to become an accountant. Uh, and I, and I ended up com- becoming an accountant. I ended up becoming a CPA and all the while I continued to kind of forge my, uh, skills and craft as a cook and as a baker on the side, uh, via pop- pop-ups or, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing lots of different events and cooking for people and this and that until one day I realized, uh, I didn't want to be an accountant anymore. And at that point, you know, I was 26, I guess this was, uh, 
seven years. Who, who knows? It was, yeah, it was some time six, ago. seven years ago. Sometime, <laughs> some time ago. Um, and at that time, I had uh, a little bit of experience making sourdough, but it wasn't anything that I was obsessive about. And I think in the year 2016, I tore my Achilles tendon and I was, I moved to a new city and I, you know, uh, I just started baking like crazy, all kinds of things, uh, not just sourdough. Um, but that's definitely when I really, really uh, kicked into gear my understanding of fermentation and a flour and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, throughout that time, uh, living in Miami, I worked for some bakeries, did some consulting work. Uh, helped open bakeries, started to kind of uh, understand myself as a baker. Um, and it, at one particular point, I was waiting for a job as a head baker for a pastry chef. And there was a lot of construction delays. So I decided to kind of ramp up my social media and make a blog. And the first recipe I put out there was a sourdough pan de coco, mm -hmm. uh, which is a coconut bread, Honduran inspired or Honduran uh, uh, coconut bread. And it just, you know, people liked it. People really made it. Uh, they really made pan de coco for a while. It was, uh, I remember, I think it was like 2018, no, 2019. I mean, I couldn't wake up without at least like 50 people just like posting to their story pan de coco all the time. Ooh, and my I mean, blog, yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it really is delicious. Um, so my blog, uh, was like my bread and butter. Uh, I won the Sever magazine uh, uh, blog award for it, and and things just started to kind of um, come together pretty well. I got a you know New World Sourdough came about as a publisher approached me. Honestly, like three months, four, three four months after my blog was live, the, the mm -hmm. publisher reached out to me, and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's make a book, and and I just kind of did it, um, unbeknownst to the fact that you know the year coming of 2020 was going to be a uh, a sourdough baking uh extravaganza so <laughs> it was it was really just me continuing to push forward with my creative uh outlook on baking uh infusing latin american flavors and such and um uh you know and at the same time i started uh you know i was under contract with the production company to get my tv show pitched out so all of these things were happening behind the scenes uh well before 2020 and things just kind of materialized swiftly last year. And, um, you know, here we are, I'm writing a second cookbook. Oh my gosh. Well, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I guess everything happens for a reason. I mean, the people, something in the universe knew that the people needed sourdough. So <laughs> your cookbook yeah. was, uh, perfect timing. It seems like, so what, what is kind of your baking background? How did you do you have like a formal training in pastry or this just, just kind of always been a passion of yours or what is your background that kind of brought you here? Yeah. I mean, I just taught myself everything and, um, just kind of use my experience working in new Orleans at restaurants. Um, you know, I started off making king cakes during Mardi Gras and, and mm -hmm. selling that by the slice, uh, when I was in college. Um, but everything is, uh, uh, you know, when I guess, you know, quote unquote self-taught meaning, you know, I've, worked with bakers i've studied I'd wa i've watched i've read i've experimented countless hours um but i i don't uh i don't own my own bakery um i you know i never worked like extensively at any one particular bakery 
Uh, I've never gone to culinary school. I've never trained under under any you know master bakers or anything like that. I just do my do my own thing, um, make delicious bread, uh, do my pop ups. Uh, here in New York, I'm I'm starting to do a lot more pop ups, and I, I just I, I like to keep it chill, keep it fun, uh, and just make it really delicious. Sounds like the move. Sounds like a great vibe. So, <laughs> take me back to the beginning and tell me. I want to know about kind of like your family. I know you're. Honduran and you grew up in New Orleans, it sounds like. So tell me kind of about this. What was your family like growing up when it comes to culinary? Like what were some of the dishes you grew up eating? And Mm -hmm. what was some of that, I guess, cultural influence in your um, food life as as a young boy? Yo, young B, young boy Brian, you know what I'm saying? He got to eat the best of both worlds. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Going to school, eating jambalaya, eating, eating fried catfish. Uh, for lunch at school and then coming home to arroz con pollo, baleadas, chuleta frita, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. my mom was cooking. So it was certainly a pleasant experience. And I learned everything I know really f- mostly at the beginning from my mom. And uh, just like the tortillas that she used to make were just such a staple uh, to my life. And um, I'll you know never forget uh, everything that she's taught me about everything actually that's she's the reason i became an accountant uh really she's an, she, yeah she's an accountant she she studied uh she got her degree after coming to this country coming to this country learning english and going to you know three different colleges and then finally at the age of 46 she be, she got two degrees one in accounting one in business and she's still working as a as one of the best accountants uh, to ever grace this earth. <laughs> and, uh, that was my inspiration going, cause you know, going into college, I was a really, really good soccer player in high school. And I was kind of banking on, you know, getting like a full ride somewhere to play. And I got some offers, but they weren't that great. Um, you know, so I didn't really know what to do. And I was just like, well, I'll become an accountant too and make my mom proud. So, um, I did accomplish that, which is cool. But um, yeah, back in the day, I mean, we used to eat, you know, so much. She used to cook us so much, and uh, just just such a big inspiration. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, it, that's you know, both of my parents uh, being from Honduras. You know, my dad used to go to Honduras all the time, and actually, mm-hmm. he would uh, <laughs> yeah, he had this dope hustle where he would buy a bunch of like perfumes and, and deodorants and toothpaste and all that kind of thing. And like pack in a suitcase, fly to Honduras and sell it, make a little profit. Right. And then, but then he would load that same suitcase up with uh, like semitas and pan de coco and <laughs> Honduran cheese. He would like, and then he would like bring that back. So uh, when he got back, it was like this celebration because we were going to eat like fresh Honduran semitas and stuff like that. So yes. um, both of my parents were very, uh, instrumental in my appreciation for uh, Honduran cuisine and kind of opening my eyes to how delicious our food and and, and bread uh, truly is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I respect that hustle 100%. It sounds like you guys came out on top because you got the, the back end, which was the, the Honduran food and treats. So it sounds pretty ideal. <laughs> yeah, it was ideal for sure. Yes. So how, I guess, involved were you in the kitchen? It sounds like both your parents were kind of doing a little bit of cooking and kind of teaching you about your hunter and roots. Were you kind of in there learning yeah. stuff from a young age or what was kind of yeah. that involvement like? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, always in the kitchen. And um, my older sister, she's 
she's uh she's probably she's the best cook in the family uh oh. i think um that's a bold statement but like, like yeah i was gonna my, say <laughs> well she my older sister her name is uh lisi lizzie um she throws down i mean her her understanding of, of of the delicacy of food and the intricacy of food um but the thing is she doesn't do it often she just like she doesn't you know it's just like every now and then she'll just like destroy a dish and we're just like what is this like this is insane um very she's got like a we call it her famous uh it's like a cornbread stuffing and it is i mean there's no dish i've ever had during the holidays ever anywhere made by anyone at any restaurant or anything better than her uh her stuffing it's you know rendered duck fat duck breast mm. shallots uh you know freshly made cornbread uh, spicy green onion and dewy sausage. I mean, it just—it's this really ridiculous, um, an extremely kind of complex uh, dish that she's perfected. But again, I mean, I—I I, don't—I can't even tell you the last time I've had it. it. Might be a few years. So um, we're always, you know, Mama make tamales for for New Year's. Like that always used to be a, a whole day endeavor. Uh, you know, cooking down, rendering down the, the fats. Uh, getting the banana leaves cut and prep, getting the pork cooked, getting the olive, getting all the toppings ooh, and ooh. making the tamales. And, you know, then we would make in, in excess a lot of tamales so that we could freeze them and have them throughout the month of January. And again, those are the things that, man, it's just making me smile, you know, like as hectic as life is like, like, you know, today was a long day, right? Right. Doing all kind of stuff, uh, work, personal stuff, still settling in here in, in New York. So. I got a bed frame to assemble right now and all this kind of <laughs> like random stuff. But like thinking about this memory, just like it's like a, this breath of fresh air, like a peek into this former existence. Right. Like being a young person and, and just like, you know, my whole task of the day was to make sure I made my mom happy by mixing up the the, the masa the right way. And, 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 and that memory just makes me just so happy. Um Aww. Yeah, it does. That's so sweet. Well, it's making, I'm glad it's making you happy. It's making me happy. It's making me very hungry. This all sounds <laughs> delicious. And that's so smart that you guys would freeze them and kind of have them for, I guess, the whole next month. Cause like, yeah, yeah I mean, you put all that work in, <laughs> you might as well enjoy it for yeah, as long as possible. Absolutely. Oh my God. That sounds absolutely delicious. So what was kind of your favorite food growing up? Oh man, that is a tricky question, but it's a simple answer, I guess. It's a baleada. Listen, Baleadas, for those that don't know, all yeah, right. I don't know what that is. Well, you need to know. Um, okay. Lay it on me. The it's basically the national dish of Honduras, in my opinion, and the opinion of many Hondurans. Baleadas is just it's what a taco is to 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 to, to Mexico. You know, it's a delicious flour tortilla. All right, and my mom used to make it with coconut milk. So you've got this mm -hmm. kind of like coconut milk, uh, warm tortilla freshly made again no one i've never had a better tortilla than uh, the one that she makes ever in my whole life never oh. had a flour tortilla that comes even close um does she not have even one close. of those pressers at home like no. a tortilla press? no, no 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 there's no press there's her hands what? you know what i mean there's her hands um <laughs> the tortillas are made so the she has a very specific way first of all let me explain what a balayada is in, in yes. full and then i'll explain the technique yeah okay, so it's a flour see. tortilla with uh, creamy refried beans, uh, queso hondureño, and crema hondureña, which is like Honduran cheese, Honduran cream, 
All right. And it's just simply folded up. All right. It's not rolled up like a burrito. It's folded up. All right. And you absolutely destroy it. That's called a baleada sencilla. Simple. All right. Simple baleada with just the cream cheese and beans. Um, you can also put like scrambled eggs, chorizo, aguacate or avocado, um, steak, uh, this, that, and the other. That's great. That's always delicious. But we, you know, I am a baleada sencilla person. I just want the tortilla, perfect tortilla, beans, cream, and cheese. And <laughs> the flavors, you know, with the beans are, this is not just like, you know, go get a can of Old Paso refried beans. No, 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 no. <laughs> These are very specifically flavored beans. Uh, when my mom makes them from scratch, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, soaked red beans, uh, boiled, cooked with uh, lots of onion. And then, uh, get you know, you put them into the, into the frying pan, mash up with a lot of butter, uh, a lot of cumin, uh, a lot of salt, well, not a lot of salt, but um, a little bit of salt these days, you know watch salt intake, <laughs> salt, <Yeah>. pepper, uh, <laughs> butter, and just kind of like really simmered into this really, but the cumino is, the cumin is uh, a critical uh, uh, flavoring. Um, and if you if you don't want to do all that, uh, most bodegas, especially here in New York, you, uh, you can find like a Latin American bodega, they'll have the bags of Central American style refried beans, very specific, like don't get don't get Mexican style beans. Don't get random beans. Get the specific style Central American Honduran uh, or Guatemalan or something like that. Those beans are the ones you want to taste. All right. So that's a baleada. And my mom used to make the dough with a very specific kneading technique. She would uh, mix up the dough. And if the dough is too wet or too dry, she's like, look, when you when you get the initial amounts in the bowl and you mix it up, if you're if you're too wet or too dry, whatever the way adding oil, vegetable oil is what will fix it. All right. So there's vegetable oil in this dough. So you don't want to like start adding water or adding more flour. Like that's not the way. Vegetable oil helps the dough come together into this very silky smooth uh, dough. And her technique to knead it is not typical. She actually takes an, uh, a cutting board and angles it down in the sink and then oh. kneads it, kneads the dough while pushing down on the cutting board at that angle. And and kind of slicking that cutting cutting board with a little bit of oil, so you know, there's just she's for me, she's an absolute, she's not, she's a legend. I mean, her tortillas <laughs> are legendary. They're legendary. <laughs> so for me, um, those tortillas just mean everything to me. That experience is everything to me, and uh, baleadas are everything to me. Okay, well, I need to get one right away. Do you have a favorite place for them in in New so, York? So yeah, actually, there's a place called Seis Vecinos in the Bronx. Okay. Um, since that, that's where I was born in the Bronx and that's where my family, um, that's where my parents, uh, came to this country. They came to the Bronx, um, uh, Seis Vecinos in the Bronx, in New Orleans, uh, there's a place called Alma, uh, which is uh, a nice modern Honduran eatery, which has a really delicious baleada. And there's, you know, several, you know, again, if you're in the right neighborhood, most bodegas, uh, will have them, um you know, if you're in the Bronx, like you're going to see some Hondureños and there's going to be some baleadas. Like it ain't going to be that hard to find them. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Cause I live in New York. So that's like high on my list now for what I need to do is well, let's get go a get a baleada and let's, let's go do it. I'm let's, so, let's pull up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, I'll go on a baleada tour with you and you let's can do it. Seriously. Ones. That would oh be God. excellent. I'm so down. Oh my God. Okay. Well let's chat because <laughs> I'm like <laughs> craving one of those now. That sounds so good. I actually grew up in uh, the Miami area. So, um, I'm not, um, you know, Latina, but a lot of my friends were. Yeah. So I had 
one of my best friends was Honduran and I had other really good friends who were like Cuban, Venezuelan. So like I kind of grew yeah. up with like a lot of that, you know, diversity what around. Part, uh, I lived I lived in Miami for four and a half years. Oh God. Well now that what? I tell you, you're gonna be like, that's not Miami. <laughs> I grew up what? in like a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. It's called Weston. Oh, I know where Weston is. I used yeah. to coach soccer and, and coach soccer of tournaments. Of course you in Weston. did. Yeah, that's um, what you do in Weston. Yeah, I mean, listen, the whole area is is kind of, South Florida is full of yes. kind of Latino culture or mm-hmm. Latinx, Latinx rather. Let me mm-hmm. correct myself because that's the, the the vernacular right that I use now is, is um, identity is is so specific these days. So I've I've jumped on the Latinx. Yeah, um, and it's Latinx Heritage Month. Perfect it timing. is. It absolutely is. So yeah, South Florida is full of delicious food, um, and that uh, a little bit of that has kind of uh, inspired some of the recipes that I do. So um, yeah, my time in Miami was 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 great. Yeah. So, so I grew up down there, and you know, Weston is where I went to school and where I grew up with my sisters and family and whatnot. But as you said, kind of the general vibe of South Florida is very diverse and spicy and amazing so i i was fortunate to grow up with like a lot of those a lot of those influences but i've never tried a baleada so that is high on the list right now don't you worry (laughs) it's it's happening it's happening so you kind of you lived in my or you were born in the bronx yeah grew up in new orleans and then started working in new orleans so you were doing were you doing pastry at the restaurants you worked at or what's kind of this nah. culinary evolution of yours that took nah, you from- I was just cooking and <laughs> um, cooking, being a cook is, is um, late nights, yeah, all, all the kind of thing, uh, stress and blah, blah, blah. So uh, baking, I just, I just kind of got addicted to baking. Uh, I love making dough. I love kneading dough. I love the, the art of it. It's just different every time. Um, that it just, you know, I just went from cooking to baking and just kind of stuck with it. And obviously I can still cook and, and, you know, I, there's savory components to some of the stuff that I do. Um, you know, some of the stuff I'm doing on Magnolia network, uh, on, on the artisan's kitchen, uh, there's some savory elements there. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I've completely abandoned my ability to cook, but baking is definitely where I, it's my, (laughs) I was about to say it's my bread and butter. That's stupid. <laughs> but um, it's a bread and butter. Uh, but that's, yeah, ba- baking's where I live. Baking's where I live. Well, that's it's cool that you kind of found that out. I mean, it, I guess for lack of a better term, kind of trial and error of seeing what you really liked and didn't like, and you know, you didn't really like accounting as much as you thought, and then you found this, you know, this passion of yours that you were kind of able to enjoy doing and bring yeah. kind of that joy and love of baking and you know even this Honduran inspired baking to so many households around the world so it's very very cool I'm glad you discovered that because we're all better off for it yeah 100% <laughs> so how has your cooking style kind of evolved so you're working in restaurants and then you discovered you really liked the baking so how did you kind of evolve into who you are now of kind of bringing those Honduran influences in and or like what was kind of this journey of yours to to be at this point i guess yeah that's um you know when i started my instagram and my social media i I didn't have any social media before like 2016 and Mm um when so when i moved to miami and kind of embarked on this uh mission to to make bread and sell bread i just started uh you know my brother was like yo you should get on instagram and post your pictures there and i was like okay cool so i started doing that and I was kind of for the for a couple of years, I was kind of trapped in the, uh, 
you know, baguettes and crumb shots and mm-hmm. croissants and um, traditional uh, baking uh, elements, traditional baked goods that, you know, when I say traditional, I mean like what everyone does, right? Right. If someone opens a bakery, they're going to sell croissants and baguettes and blah, 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 right? Yes. Somebody is posting sourdough to their feed. Most likely it's going to be, you know, rustic loaves and, and, and baguettes and uh, ciabatta and all that kind of stuff. Think and these things are delicious. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. However, I it's just like that moment that you know there was just a moment when I realized what I should. You know, I just I love uh, being from Latin America and having this whole cult, this cultural element about my upbringing, and I just. I find there's like a sense of pride in making the things that come from the countries that uh, are often overlooked from a culinary and baking standpoint. So I just kind of got into a groove once that pan de coco hit. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. so my website should have, you know, uh, pan cubano on there. You know, I should have, mm. uh, I should use like quinoa, sorghum. Uh, I should, you know, so I just, you know, I just started to kind of embrace that. And when I wrote New World Sourdough, I tried to, you know, use as much of the knowledge that I have as possible to create naturally 11 versions of of certain um, Latin American baked goods. And, you know, pan de agua from Puerto Rico, Mallorcas, uh, Semitas, um, uh, I did, I think I did like a Cuban muffins in there, like a play on English Ooh. muffins, which is fun. Uh, it was like Cuban. Th- that story is funny because I, I was testing a bunch of recipes one day and I made English muffins, but I used my pan cubano dough okay. on accident because I didn't know which one was which because I don't oh label anything. And so when <laughs> I was eating, they, they, they cooked up nice, but they looked a little different and I was vibing and... Then I started to smell the aroma because, uh, you know, there's a lard in, in Cuban bread, right? Yeah. And I smell the aroma. I was like, dang, this is smelling funky and nice. And like, <laughs> so, you know, I, I started eating. I was like, yo, what? And I was like, oh, man, this is the the the, the pan cubano dough. I was like, this is a Cuban muffin, fam. Like, so I kind of just like fell into that one like that. And, um, you know, but yeah, it's it's just been a blast. And. Uh, now I'm currently doing this second cookbook, which is exclusively Latin American baked goods, and nice. it's kind of a large undertaking. And hopefully, I can make something that people want to use to bake. Amazing! <laughs> well, yeah. it's cool, honestly. I mean, I guess like the theme of you know that whole journey of yours was kind of what really started to take off and resonate with people was you doing what was really authentically you, rather than you know doing the traditional French and, you know, obviously the stuff that you need to perfect when you're going into, you know, kind of the baking field. But once you kind of started sharing stuff that was really authentic to your culture and your background and your passions, it, I feel like it really resonated with people. So that's, I don't know, that's a happy story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. And yeah. it's, and the kind of like the little accidents that you had that turned into, you know, something even greater. I just, I love to hear that. So have you, developed an entire Cuban sandwich recipe with the pan cubano or is it just the bread at this point? I mean, you know, a Cuban sandwich uh, is a Cuban sandwich. There's no, you know, what, what special recipe can I develop? It's, 
it's uh you know your roasted pork your ham your swiss your 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 mustard pickles. and your pickles and you press it and <laughs> now i actually coincidentally you know i literally just did like an hour ago before i got on this call with you i uh i'm doing uh, some videos for king arthur flower and it's for a a, a pizza cubano so it's a oh. cuban, cuban pizza oh, where i yeah. so i just did a little video you know stretch out the pizza dough you get your Swiss on there. You get your ham, your roasted uh, pork. You 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 know fire off the pizza, and then you top it with uh, mustard and some uh, diced pickles, and it's delicious. It's, it's like, good. A, it's like yeah, it's a it's a Cuban sandwich, but just on a flatbread basically. So it's a, so yeah. I mean, I, I but I'm not gonna reinvent the wheel because I I've seen, you know, I've seen like. I don't know, whatever. This could go into a whole separate conversation about like <laughs> certain things get like modernized. I mean, you know, a po like if you make a po' boy and I've seen a place that's got a po' boy, but they don't they don't do fried shrimp. They just do like pan sear, like a shrimp po' boy. It's just pan seared shrimp with mm -hmm. arugula and uh, like an aioli. A, a aioli. I'm like, duh, your po' boy look like a rich boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they, they don't even play with all that stuff. So you making a Cuban sandwich? Don't start putting all kind of random stuff in there because it is, that's just not how it works. That's yeah. just my that's my style, though. I think the cool thing would be making the pan cubano from scratch from home, even if you because people you know exactly. we know exactly what goes into a Cuban sandwich, but a lot of people don't. So I mean, this is just my food for thought. Even if you did just like a video, like oh, okay, we're using my homemade right. pan cubano to make Cubans, and it's not like you're. Again, reinventing anything. You're 100 percent right. But we should we should do a little video for Fifi. There some we go. Manos, oh my god, I'm actually it. so down because I <laughs> love those. Have you been to uh, Sandwich de Miami? And I, I have been to Sandwich de Miami. Okay. I, know I know them cats ate it. Well, I don't know about you know whatever, but they, we talked about doing a little um, make you know making a little bread collaboration. Oh. Um, but they've got some. They've got I some love great. Them. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Um, there's a there's a couple of spots out there that's got some really I don't even know the names of the spots that I that, that the sandwiches I like because it's just like you pull up and you pull out and uh, <laughs> mostly in like Hialeah and stuff like that. Yes. So, um, um, but yeah, Sandwich to Miami is dope. That's the fam. Yeah, no, they're so great. Yeah, I did a whole video on them and like they actually. I mean, when you talk about you know what can you do differently about a Cuban sandwich, but the 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 care that they put into you know all the like. Correct. The pork and the, the exactly they outsource that that they get their pan cubano like very authentically they don't like use anything that isn't like super authentic and like made with care and everything so they really like take it to the next level it's so good oh my gosh i'm getting yeah. really really hungry now so <laughs> <laughs> luckily i'm going to miami to see my family soon so i'm gonna have to head down there and get uh get one of those because it's been way too long but amazing this is all very exciting and very making me very very hungry yeah. <laughs> and it's cool that you like know south florida very well and new york so it's like we have i do we i'm have, learning i'm learning much in common so you're new to new york yeah i just uh literally three weeks ago i was living in new orleans uh temporarily uh this year um i, I left miami um last summer Okay. And kind of just bounced around a few places, went back to New Orleans, but now I'm in, I'm up here in Astoria. Nice. Um, I'm in Long Island City. Oh, word. No way. Let's get some baleadas. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming. I'm coming right up in this. I'm on my way. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, welcome to New York. It's an interesting time to be here, but everything is, you know, going really well as far as, you know, reopenings and, you know, 
the restaurant scene doing really well here and yeah obviously it's gonna get cold kind of soon but still it's been it's been a really fun summer here yeah I'm, been- I'm planting a raised bed i just built a raised bed and i'm trying to plant some like garlic and some bulbs and some potatoes stuff that can go through the winter <laughs> uh yeah you know what i'm saying got my getting a little garden going you good yeah then you made the right choice moving out to queens and not like somewhere like a shoebox in manhattan oh no yeah i got a little backyard it's dope oh yeah. perfect yeah. Yeah. Then you're chilling. <laughs> awesome. So, so chill. Well, welcome. We're excited. We're the New York is better off having you here. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. So tell me back to the food story of yours. (laughs) Back to what we're supposed to be talking about. (laughs) It's all good. So with your, obviously you're doing a lot of work all the time with kind of like your blog and your content and your show and everything. But when you're kind of cooking or baking for yourself, what what does dinner kind of look like for you? Are you kind of whipping up? Are you going back to your hunter and roots? Or do you do kind of fusion stuff? Like what is kind of a meal in your home look like on a regular day? Uh, I've been making a lot of fried rice lately. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Uh, well, you I know why. It? It's delicious. Um, I've been doing like uh, a lot of chicken fried rice with, you know, some thin cut onions and some sesame oil and stuff like that. Uh, broccoli, a lot of broccoli. Um, I typically, uh, I don't know. I don't really do anything special when I eat. I, um, I like, I'm a very simple person. I like to eat like my preferred meal. This doesn't sound crazy. is just like chicken, white rice and broccoli. Just what? like lots of that, like on one plate, chicken, white rice and broccoli. I destroy that. Um, that's such a like gym boy. No, but it, it, it's, it's a gym boy thing, but I'm definitely not. I haven't worked out in a long time. <laughs> it's because it's so simple and like it's delicious. I'll put like soy sauce on it, sesame oil, sesame seeds. Um, I eat a lot of pizza. I eat a lot of random bread because uh, I have it around. Yeah, I guess you might as um, well. I try to eat some vegetarian things every now and then, you know, like uh, uh, just like don't eat meat with stuff every now and then. But it, yeah, I just eat. I don't really do much that special like right now, like my like work is a little hectic and I don't, yeah. I wish I was the kind of person that, that answered the question like, Oh, well I go to the farmer's market and I <laughs> curate this meal with these cook, these beautiful cookbooks. I have. Mushrooms and yeah. Yeah. I wish, you know, and it's not that I can't or don't, 
uh, do that. Every now and then, um, I will make something that just, just like exquisite. You know, I'll just, I'll treat myself to like a night in the kitchen drinking wine and, mm. you know, whip up something absolutely spectacular. But for the most part, like right now, it's six o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, well, I just made this Cuban pizza for this content. So I know what I'm eating for dinner. Cause yeah. why am I going to cook something else? I mean, it, you know, I literally had to roast pork just to make content. I don't really, particularly care to eat pork all the time but now i've got a roast pork in my kitchen so hey uh, i'm going to eat it and i guess yeah so, there's worse problems to have than yeah on hand yeah so like yeah so i um every now and like when i was living in new orleans i made baleadas probably more than i've made in the past few years because my sisters were around and i just i was like yo like i'm gonna start i'm gonna make some baleadas and i made some tortillas and um but yeah, a lot of uh, instant pot. Instant pot goes hard, you know. Yeah. Instant, pot, instant pot ribs, or grill up some steaks, or just like simple stuff: protein, veggies, you know, okay. pasta. You already, you know, I'm a, I'm just a basic dude, you know. Yeah, what I'm you're saying? keeping it relatively simple. Honestly, a lot of content creators I speak to, like, I don't know anybody who like when they're not having to work is like, yeah, you know, I just go at it every night because it's like it's hard, yeah. you know, it's tiring yeah. when you're doing that all day, and you know. Yeah. Same for me, you know, like I'm, you know, I had to make a couple recipes before this and film them. And I'm like, well, yeah, tonight I'll probably just get takeout. Like, it's like you don't, right. you don't feel like it anymore. So I totally, totally get it. But yeah, I mean, you, you have the fun stuff and the really like elaborate things that you're showing off to the world. But then when it's, when it's just Brian at home, it's like, hey, keep it simple. <laughs> keep, it, keep, it, keep it straight up simple, fam. Yeah. Keep it straight up simple. Oh my God, that's funny. So what do you, well, I guess now you're in New York and you're probably getting settled and whatnot. So how, what's your grocery shop situation? I guess, how often do you grocery shop or do you kind of shop in bulk and keep a lot of stuff on hand or what's um, your deal there? So I have this weird thing where I like to go to the, gro I'm like an old man. All right? I like <laughs> to go to the grocery store every single day. Cause I, I like right now, I think I'm by a trade fair. I'm like, literally a block away there's a trade fair for me um and i like trade fair because they have a lot of different types of ingredients lots of middle eastern ingredients lots of uh, latin american ingredients um different types of flour like i can get uh plantain flour i can get uh cassava flour quinoa flour sorghum flour all from the supermarket which is really fun to play with but every morning i like to venture off to the store and I usually will just get a few things at a time and then often it turns into me going to the store three times a day, some for work, some for uh, in, like food, uh, oat milk or whatever I need in my fridge. Um, and I never, you know, I'm trying to eat more vegetables uh, and trying to eat uh, just cleaner in general. Um you know, so I, I still need to find a good farmer's market around here to, and, and make that a regular thing. Yeah. But yeah. Apparently I'm, I'm, the one in Union Square is really good. Yeah. I've, been t I've walked through that one uh, several times, but every time I go, I find myself without a bag. And yeah. No one gives you bags here. So I'm like, <laughs> I would like to buy all these veggies, fam, but you ain't can't even give me a box. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so I like to, yo. I like to just walk to supermarkets, get a few things every day, and, and then just kind of freestyle like what I'm going to do for food for myself and what I'm going to do for content. It's there's no rhyme or reason to anything I do. I'm I'm really not an organized person. 
I'm not a uh, structured person. Um, I, I'm very random uh, in terms of how I do that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I guess then you're not stuck with stuff that you aren't in the mood for anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Like I buy stuff for the week and, you know, I was set up to make, I don't know, like turkey burgers or whatever. And I'm like, God, I really don't want that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even want turkey burgers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even want turkey burgers. So I guess, you know, there's gonna you can be organized, but it's kinda overrated because then you're just kinda stuck with like, well, I guess I'll suffer through this whatever that I was gonna make myself <laughs> that I yeah. planned on Sunday and now it's yeah. Thursday and well, I don't even want it. Exactly. Sometimes that happens where you just order takeout. It's yep. like that's set up happening. all these ingredients and then you're like, yo, you know what? I just want some Greek food tonight. I'm yep. I'm, gonna make, I'm gonna make this dish tomorrow and then tomorrow you don't even make the dish nope. and it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's just go with the flow. Life. Yeah. First world <laughs> problems, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens to the best of us. So tell me who inspires you? Who inspires me? Yo, um, just in general, like are you talking about, I guess more culinary. Um, I love David Chang. He's, uh, he's dope. And I've had the pleasure of being on the Recipe Club podcast uh, as one of the wedgies this past <laughs> season. And I've had so much fun doing that. And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, a few years ago, uh, I remember when like Ugly Delicious came out on mm -hmm. Netflix and I was like, man, I, this dude, David Chang is like that's that's kind of stuff came out when I was like starting my blog and like doing wholesale baked goods and you know do, like selling my sourdough on the side from a commissary kitchen and kind of just in that grind uh working overnights at a bakery trying to get this whole uh writing situation sorted mm -hmm. and i would watch those shows you know mind of a chef or ugly delicious and i really was like man david chang's dope um uh, obviously anthony bourdain was great as well mm -hmm. um but yeah the, david chang was like relatable to me very like very simple in approach when it, from a cooking standpoint. And so when I got uh, finally got connected with him like last summer, started talking to him a little bit, and then out of the blue, uh, they were like, hey, Brian, we want you to be part of Recipe Club Podcast. I was like, what? I was like, uh, absolutely. That's yeah. super dope. Like I get to interact with and pick the brain of someone that I've always kind of uh, looked up to from the sense of, and it's it's not even from like, oh, I think like it's, it's not about whether or not he's a, he's a great chef or anything like that. It's more like from a business perspective, from a branding perspective, from a ideal ideology perspective. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the stuff that he'll say, like comparing Chinese food to Italian food and making banter about it and making uh, a whole episode about like why are dumplings five bucks but uh, a plate of pasta is thirty, yeah, and like. And probing Western food culture with these questions of why are our communities uh, not represented and respected? And that that's literally, you know, so that's the element that I look up to in terms of how you build a brand and a business based on asking these types of questions. How, uh, and obviously, you know, having these successful restaurants, having successful books, um, being a leader in the field. Um, it's just something that uh, it inspires me for sure. And it's been great to be able to get to know him and his team and kind of do some fun stuff together. And yeah, I mean, that that's, uh, yeah. That's a really good answer. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's been dope. 
Awesome. Well, is there anything else important to add that I haven't asked you regarding your culinary journey? Is there any any cool stuff in the works that we should keep an eye out for coming yeah, from man. you? Y'all Let's need to it. go. Y'all need to go on YouTube.com and watch the Home Slice music video. All right, I just <laughs> did my first. I did my first music video with a local rapper, oh, a local artist God. from New Orleans named Crucial. And my production company, Flaky Biscuit Media, produced the video, and it's hilarious. Like, literally, Alexa, when you get off this call, go watch Home Slice, the video. It's Home awesome. Home Slice music. Video. Yeah. Okay, that I, I have what a, I expected you to say, but <laughs> let's go. I have, a, I, have a, I have a rap career. I'm a, you know, I, I got bars. Like, I, okay. you know, I, I, I spit flames. And uh, when I had the chance to get it, the song's about pizza, right? All right. And, and the music video, it's got, like, movie references, like, pizza movie references. It's really funny. It's fun. Um, that is the the first Flaky Biscuit Media project that's been unleashed into the world. Um, we're working on a podcast, uh, you know, my own podcast uh, with, you know, I can't say, I can't say too much right now about like that kind of stuff, but um, working on more TV and working on podcasts is like Amazing. definitely a big uh, element. Obviously, my second book is is uh, probably the biggest project in front of mm-hmm. me. Um but yeah, Home Slice, YouTube, or on Spotify, iTunes, whatever, wherever you stream your music, Home Slice is on there. Search Ars and Brian Home Slice, man. It is going to change your life. All okay. right. It's going to change I'll your life. It. I'll watch it right after this. I'm excited. I I'm have no hold idea you to what that. to expect. But. Good. I'm a, I'm a, I'll, say, I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link. I'm okay. going to hold you to it. You no, I found, watch it on your, I found it on your page. I'm ready. I'm locked Beautiful. and loaded. For- That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is really not what I expected to hear, but all right, I'm here for it. I want to I wanna do things that people don't expect. That's okay. my new, um, you know, in two years, I might not even be a baker anymore, but we'll, we'll see. All right. Keeping us <laughs> on our toes. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and then also like just if you're in New York, you know, keep an eye out for the pop-ups I'm doing October 2nd at Melda Bakery in Manhattan and, and, and um, looking to link up with a lot of different restaurants and bakeries this year. To do like monthly pop-ups, Latin American baked goods. So awesome! Uh, yeah, I'm gonna roll fun. through. Of course, I'm cool, excited. Cool. Wonderful. It. Well, thank you so 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 much for being here. It was so exciting and so fun to learn about you and kind of learn about all your inspirations and how you you know went on this journey from New Orleans, I guess, wine cook to yeah. <laughs> like sourdough influencer. Like a very yeah. very interesting <laughs> journey, but it's been very cool to to learn about that and kind of hear about that backstory. So thank you so much for sharing that. hundred percent. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to learn more about the food and drink discovery platform. That is the feed feed head to the feedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the feed feed. And don't forget to follow Brian at artisan Brian on Instagram. If you have a food story or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook, author, chef, or restaurateur who has helped you solve the what's for dinner question, We would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. 
and we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.